Hi, and welcome everyone again to the Rocky River United Methodist podcast, and um, I'm really excited about this one. Um, we are starting, um, we're going to do, for the next two weeks, this week and next week, we're going to be doing interviews uh, with members here at the church, because our church's theme, it's, it's all about the story. So we really believe that, um, that Christ, when he interacts with our story, um, changes and transforms us, and so... Um, part of this podcast, we, we really want um, to hear the stories and testimonies of members in our church because we believe to hear the stories of how Christ is working in our lives can be an encouragement to many, many people. So for your, if you're out there, I, I would encourage you to share your story and how Christ is working in your life um, because I think many people can benefit from that. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to hear the story um, of Michael Perry, um, who's a been at the church for how long have you been here for? Mm, 39 years, coming <laughs> up on 40 years. <laughs> wow. So that's older than me. That's um, right, yeah. And older than Paul, maybe? Uh, yeah, no maybe about it. That's oh, <laughs> yeah. Thanks, brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Making right. me feel great here. I guess uh, that makes yeah. me a patriarch <laughs> or something like that of Rocky River Methodist. Right, exactly. Uh, but no, we love Michael Perry. He's done so much for the church, um, has been fantastic, just volunteering all over the place and doing so many different things. I'm sure you probably have seen him singing up front um, at 10 o'clock and 1130, just very involved in so many different things. Um, he helps me leading confirmation, has um, been a great teacher I'm really excited to have him as a partner leading confirmation. So that's who we're going to be talking with today. So um, the first question we're going to ask is it's really simple. Um, how has the coronavirus affected um, your life? It's affected so many lives, and just kind of how has it affected yours? I guess I feel fortunate in that it hasn't uh, – I don't think it's affected my life in any profound way, probably the most significant way, is that I have gone to working from home, working remotely from home, as opposed to driving to an office every day. Uh, my work is for the City Mission in Cleveland. The City Mission is a is a nonprofit uh, Christian faith-based organization. It's, many people think of us as a homeless shelter, and that's a, that's a good short description, but it really, the City Mission is a a much uh, bigger organization. We do more than just provide food, clothing, and shelter for people. Uh, the City Mission has been around since 1910, so that's one of the real um, anchor organizations in the community. But my role with the City Mission um, has been since 2010, is when I started to work for them in the area of fundraising. Um, the City Mission's operating revenue comes from donations. We don't receive any government funding, so um, all of our operating support comes from private donations, and we get a lot of small donations of 25 and 50 dollars, and every dollar counts. But then we have some um, donors who have a greater capacity and a greater affinity for the organization, and are able to write us a check for a thousand dollars, or five thousand, or ten thousand dollars, or more. So my role with the organization is to steward those relationships, to stay in contact with those donors. Um, to call them, to let them know what's happening at the City Mission, how their support helps. And so it's the kind of work that I can do remotely from home. So when the coronavirus pandemic broke out um, in early 2020, the City Mission made some strategic decisions about uh, which employees could work remotely, did not have to come to an office every day 
So since, I guess it was actually St. Patrick's Day, um, March uh, 17th, um, I have been working remotely from home, which is a, a transition for me. It's, I, I can do it. Um, it just means that I don't drive to an office every day. I have, I access our donor database through a computer and uh, can make calls, obviously, and write notes to our donors from home. And it's probably going to continue that way for the foreseeable future, that many of us are going to continue working from home who can do that. Um, other people like the security staff and the um, people who prepare the food and the meals obviously have to go to the mission, to our two um, uh, settings to be able to do their job. So that's been the area of my life that's been most affected, but like all of us, we're having to deal with a kind of a strange new reality in terms of restaurants being closed. Obviously, um, church services here, worship services here at Rocky River Methodist um, have changed. Um, no chancel choir. I mean, as you mentioned, I I participate in the in the choir, and we haven't had choir since um, March 15th, I guess, was that Sunday right before um, all this really hit. So that's that's no small thing for me to have those worship opportunities um, restricted and and not as they were before. Of course, this past summer, uh, we had to modify the format of our classic car cruises, Cruise and River. We used to have these big car parties in the parking lot with grills and burgers and brats and music and all that sort of stuff. So we had to change all of that and went, went to driving cruises where people in their classic cars just come up and meet um, and we, we drive. But um, that, I really, I, I can't overestimate the, the impact of those changes. I think I grieve personally, too, for how our youth ministries have been interrupted in some ways and, and had to be modified. I, I grieve that confirmation class from last year had to change formats, and, and I'm thankful that we were able to hold, still hold a confirmation service for the last year's confirmands. So all in all, there's uh, very few things in your life that, that haven't changed in some way, shape, or form. It sounds like, uh, and I, I suppose a lot of folks can relate to the transition to working from home as opposed to going into an office that's not uh, terribly unique these days, but uh, certainly the the adaptations to uh, some of the, the ministries that you're engaged in and just personal relationships and such um, are things that uh, you, can, you can speak to and are unique to uh, you and and your day to day life and and I know I can uh, speak to your your various roles in the church how you've uh, been able to adapt and continue to serve in the same capacities uh, in many ways and and uh, Michael's been an integral part in our parking lot worship service uh, as I spent a lot of time standing in the bed of his truck uh, <laughs> right for uh, this summer and and into the fall. Uh, as he provided that each week, along with the canopy tent and and just his his general uh, hospitable presence uh, to the service, so he's in so many different ways uh, that that just being one has continued to bless the church by helping us get through these uh, unique times. Uh, so with that uh, kind of um, icebreaker uh, transitional question 
in, in place. Uh, we start to dig a little bit deeper first, uh, Michael, and, and he's been prepped on this, so he knows kind of where we're going with our interview questions. We, we really like to get to know folks, but um, the, the first thing we need to do is lay out some, some biogra- uh, biographical information, and uh, you've already kind of uh, filled us in on what your work environment look like uh, looks like, and uh, hoping you can fill in a couple more pieces here as we piece together the life of Michael Perry and, and share with us a little bit about your, your background, uh, your family, upbringing, uh, those uh, pieces that would be pertinent to our audience and uh, understanding who you are and what you're about. So uh, can you share family, background, uh, what comes to mind? Sure, I'd be happy to. Well, um, I uh, was born in 1957, so I'm right in, kind of in the middle of the whole baby boom generation. My parents were a very typical World War II generation um, parents. My um, father was in the Army in World War II. Uh, he and my mother married in 1949. My oldest sibling came along in 1951. And so uh, I was the middle of seven, the middle of uh, my family. I have three brothers and three sisters. I have all the kind of relationships of older brother, older sister, younger brother, younger sister. And um, so certainly being the middle of seven children at that time, that era, um, shaped my life, shaped my perspective on life. I grew up in the city of Cleveland on the near west side, and then later in childhood we moved out to the West Park neighborhood. I went to Baldwin-Wallace College um, to pursue a degree in music education and got that degree, but I have not ever really worked full-time in music. Um, the degree has has been useful, and it's allowed me to do a lot of great things in music, like um, serve as a church soloist, be in the Cleveland Orchestra Chorus, uh, do other things like that. But my actually my employment career, after a few years in stocks and bonds right after college, I went into nonprofit fundraising, and um, that is where that's been my primary employment area since 1988 has been in nonprofit fundraising, working for organizations like the Salvation Army and the American Red Cross, and for the last 10 years um, with the city mission in Cleveland. So it's been meaningful work. It has um, been non-demanding in terms of it hasn't produced a lot of wear and tear on my body as if I had been um, digging ditches or something like that. So <laughs> So I'm grateful for that, but it's good work and meaningful work, and it's probably where I'm going to um, finish out my employment career. Um, my parents, my dad worked in the computer industry very in the early days of that when computers were big, big machines, big boxes, but he was also a lay minister in the little fundamentalist church where we grew up in Cleveland, the uh, Apostolic Christian Church. And so him being a lay minister and my mother playing piano in church and whatnot, that just meant that we were going to be in church every Sunday. And um, from the very beginning of my life, um, I'm always in church on Sundays, and that was a big part of our lives. And that sort of um, leads me to the next thing you wanted to know about, a story of how I came to faith, if that's all right to move forward with that. Um, being in church every Sunday, having a father who was a, a minister, obviously I, I heard the Bible, the Bible was read to me, I knew the Bible stories, I, I knew who Jesus was, was told early in life who Jesus was, and, and so you just grow up hearing these things and accepting them as truth because 
um, they're being told to you by people you trust, your parents and whatnot. But it really wasn't until I was 16 years old at a um, church family camp that summer in between my junior and senior year in high school when a, a youth pastor um, had a conversation with me and really kind of put me on the spot, you know, backed me into a corner and said, look, Michael, you've, you've heard about Jesus all your life. You know the Bible. Um, do you believe it for yourself, though? You're not going to go to heaven just because your father is a minister in the church. Um, the gift of salvation is offered to everyone individually. You don't inherit it from your parents or your grandparents. You don't get it by osmosis. It's something you have to accept and embrace for yourself. So he asked me very directly, do you accept Jesus as the Son of God? Do you accept what he did, his death on the cross, his atonement for your sins? Is he your Savior? Is he your Lord? And I guess I couldn't think of a good enough reason to say no. <laughs> so I, I said, yes, um, sure, you know, I'll go down that road. Um, I'm being a little flippant, but uh, really it was, it just, it kind of took that, um, that sort of direct approach a question, and I know beyond any shadow of a doubt that was a turning point in my life. Mm -hmm. Prior to that, I cannot say that, you know, the Spirit of God was in me, that I knew I truly was a, a child of God, that Jesus was my Savior and Lord. Mm -hmm. But from that point forward, from that moment forward, it was walking down a new road in life. Mm -hmm. it, and as a believer, as a, as a child of God, as a Christian, a disciple of Jesus Christ here in this time and place. And I, so I've been on that road since mm -hmm. age 16, um, I guess, and um, plan to stay on that road. All right, right. Well, that's really good. And, and um, just really, again, I, I just love hearing these testimony stories of how people come to faith, and it's always unique and it's always different. Um, but it, it's always meeting that same Savior, meeting Christ. Um, and um, and it's very helpful, too, to just hear about your background, your story, about your parents and you growing up. And um, I think all of that um, plays into just who we are as people. Because um, I think it's always, we live in a day and age right now where a lot of things are polarized and stuff, and we can just think of people two-dimensional. Um, but we have to rem remember that all of us, um, those listening, Michael, myself, we're all complex people with many things, backgrounds and pasts and histories and, and hopes for the future. Um, so thanks for sharing your, your story, how you came to faith. So how did you come to call Rocky River United Methodist your home? How did you um, find the church, join the church, and then also... I know we've already hinted and talked about this a little bit, but what is your involvement in the church? I know that you've talked a lot about it, um, but just kind of um, going over that again. But how did you find Rocky River to begin with? Well, um, as I mentioned, I, I grew up in a little fundamentalist church in Cleveland called the Apostolic Christian Church. Then I went to college at Baldwin-Wallace and graduated in 1981. I was... Um, age 24 at that time. And I, I, at that time, I, I really felt um, God moving in my life, maybe placing a call on my life and my heart to do a couple of things. One was to um, move out on my own, uh, which was probably not unusual for a young man who just graduated from college. But I also was feeling a call on my life to um, get to know the, get connected with a larger body of Christ outside of the little church community where, where I had grown up, 
And um, this sort of also goes to something else you wanted to hear about me a moment when I saw I got at work in my life. But prior to my graduating from college, maybe 77, 78, 79, I was taking voice lessons with a woman by the name of Violet Weber at the Cleveland Institute of Music. And she had a, at that time, um, an adult student, a woman by the name of Jane Peeling. Uh, Jane was, um, at that time that I met her, in her mid-30s. She was a married um, mom of three small children. And she was taking voice lessons just for her own personal edification and to just improve her singing and and do more. So uh, because we studied with the same voice teacher, I got to know Jane and... um, Jane was a member of Rocky River Methodist Church. She and her family were were members of the church. Their children were born and baptized and confirmed here. And um, so um, I I got to know Jane, and she she was a pretty unique woman and extraordinary in her faith. Um, Her faith was absolutely rock solid and transparent, and she enjoyed singing. And... um, to tell something of the end of the story, she went on to become a very influential person in my life, a, a mentor, a spiritual mentor in many ways. Uh, Jane sailed off to heaven in in August of 2011, so she is now in the presence of the Lord. But she and I became friends, and she had a, a powerful influence on my life. She encouraged me to live my faith in sincere and genuine ways. She encouraged me to study the Bible she encouraged me to be open to God's leading in my life. And as I shared with her um, when I was finishing college, my thoughts about maybe connecting with a larger community of Christians, the larger body of Christ, she, uh, being a member of Rocky River Methodist, suggested I attend some services here, check this out. I knew nothing about Methodists at that time, but I, I did. I, I attended some services here. Um, I also attended services at, at several other um, mainstream Protestant, I guess, congregations, Presbyterian church, um, and ultimately made the decision to um, leave the church that I had attended uh, during my childhood and to become a member here. So I joined uh, Rocky River Methodist in October of 1981, and that was a that was a big step of faith for me. It was not a it was not an easy step of faith, and um, it also produced some strife between my parents and myself, but um, I kind of said, well, look, I'm 24 years old, I'm graduated from college, and this is the direction I want to go. Well, of course, they thought I was too young to be making such decisions, <laughs> but, and it did no good to remind them what they were doing when they were 24 years old, but um, that was a, a pivotal time, really, in my life, and going down truly a new road for me in terms of my worship experience and connecting with a, a faith community. And it, it, um, it sort of answers one of the other things you wanted to know about when a moment in my life when I saw God at work. I mean, that would not have happened. That whole process would not have happened if I hadn't met Jane Peeling. I wouldn't have met Jane if I hadn't studied with that particular voice teacher from the Cleveland Institute of Music who was recommended to me while I was a junior in high school. So I guess I go all the way back to when I was a junior in high school. My choir director's recommendation of a voice teacher to study with that led to me coming to know um, Jane Peeling and her family. And um, Jane has uh, um, 
passed away in 2011. Her husband, Tom, passed away not too long ago, maybe a couple of years ago, coming up, I think, on two years, something like that. Um, they also, uh, unfortunately, saw uh, two of their three children pass as well, um, their daughter Mary and their son Bob. And, and so I saw how those events impacted their life. And really, um, my friendship with that family has, has been one of the, um, I don't know, it's, it's, it goes beyond friendship, but it's, it had a profound impact on my life. And I learned so much about faith, about life, about what it means to follow God in the midst of circumstances that you can't understand that are breaking your heart. I mean, that's probably every parent's worst nightmare is that they would see one of their children pass. And, and so as I saw them live their faith through those uh, incredibly challenging circumstances, it just was an inspiration to me and um, really encouraged me and strengthened me in my own faith journey and that I was able to kind of know them and be a friend to them and love them and live my faith and love through the midst of those uh, very difficult situations was um, to me very, very gratifying. Um, in terms of my um, involvement with the church, I, as I said, I joined here in 81. I attended here regularly for about seven years and then um, I journeyed to a far country, to the east side of Cleveland, to sing <laughs> in, in some other churches from 1988 to 2012. Um, so for 24 years, I was a vocal soloist in other um, churches in the Cleveland area here. But in 2012, I felt a real call on my heart to come back here and to start worshiping here again regularly. Um, and that was a number of things were happening at that time. Um, Jane, my mentor, had died a year before. I was kind of in a season of questioning in my life. Um, Reverend Dan Bogri had been um, uh, assigned as, as the senior pastor here starting in July, I think, of 2011. I had known of Dan from hearing him preach uh, some radio sermons uh, when he was at Church of the Savior. And um, I remember hearing this man preach, I thought, wow, this is a pretty, pretty dynamic, passionate minister, loves Jesus, and um, so that when he was named the senior pastor here to replace Dr. Martin, who had retired, I thought, good for Rocky River Methodists, good for them. They've, you know, they've snagged a great guy. <laughs> um, so in the f June of 2012 was kind of when I transitioned back here, started worshiping here regularly, serving again as the bass soloist, um, participating in the praise team, and then in, in the years since then, so many other opportunities to serve have opened up. New ministries like, like Rivermen, like the uh, Cruise and River Classic Car Cruises, like um, Armored Disciples Motorcycle Ministry, uh, being involved in the harbor service with the praise team there, um, helping out with... Um, helping Stephen with the youth ministries, um, all of these opportunities to serve teaching disciple Bible studies. You know, they're just, they're all, to me, opportunities for me to live my faith in real and tangible ways in the moment. Um, the book of James in the Bible says, faith without works is a dead faith. 
I can say I have faith all day long, but if I'm if it's not somehow being manifested, if I'm not living it, if it's not active, it, it's it's just a dormant dead faith. So I don't mean to be um, you know cynical, but <laughs> the longer I live, the more I see that yesterday is gone and tomorrow is not promised. What do we have? We have today. All right, I'm going to make the most of today. And if God doesn't give me tomorrow, well, at least I will come to the end of today knowing that I, I tried to live in the moment, have as big an impact on the world as I possibly could today and in the moment. You're, with those words, you're, you're setting us up well for the next question. Um, with all the experience and, and all the wisdom uh, you've gained over your years of, of seeking the Lord and serving in, in different churches, and, and certainly we've seen God's providence at work in your life and and just uh, all of what you just shared, uh, to me, um, demonstrates the wisdom of God and the incredible ways he, he works in our lives to, to align things uh, exactly within his will, uh, to, to see us at least have opportunity to, to accept uh, the path that he's laid out for us and, and to live into the, that beautiful life that he has uh, dreamed up for us. And, and it's beautiful to, to uh, look back in our lives and, and see those moments when things have aligned and, and the Jane Peelings of the world have uh, become uh, integral to our own faith walks. And, and um, I think I can sit here and, and uh, say with a great deal of confidence that, that Michael Perry is going to be a name that's brought up in the, uh, the, the stories of many people for generations to come of somebody who somehow impacted their own uh, faith walk and, and came alongside them and led them, whether it be to this church uh, family or, or into a knowledge of Christ or relationship with Christ or or maybe uh, uh, as as people have for you, Michael, at times call, called you out and, and said, uh, you know, what's it going to be? And Jesus, right, uh, right. Jesus, your Savior, yes or no, you know. Right. So I, I think you already have uh, played that role, will continue to in the lives of others. Uh, but what you just shared about the sense of urgency um, that you've begun to um, to wrap your mind around and, and live into each day uh, of making sure that you live each day um, with uh, that that knowledge of of the importance of time and investing our lives into exactly what we're called to. Uh, with that in mind and all that you've shared and all your experiences, what would you say uh, if, and I say if, um, it's not an if, you, you do have opportunity right now in this moment to share uh, words of wisdom with uh, perhaps somebody out there who might be new to the faith, who might be maybe where you were at uh, between your junior and senior year where they've been exposed to some uh, faith teaching, uh, maybe uh, church uh, church life of some, some sort, but they're trying to figure out what it really means for them. What words of wisdom can you offer to folks who may be in that place in their life and they're trying to discern what this Christianity thing at its core is really all about and where they should uh, where they should go forward with it and, and how? Uh, what can you offer? I think probably the best way, first of all, is to read the Bible, study the Bible. There's, that is the, the record of the life of this man, Jesus the Christ, um, that we have today. The, his, his life, the events of 2,000 years ago, recorded by eyewitnesses. And so start with Bible study, and if that is too intimidating, um, there's, there's plenty of, of books out there to, to be study guides or participate in one of the Bible studies here at church where you'll have 
people who are, uh, have been educated who will kind of lead you through that process and help you understand the Bible. It can be a very mystifying book to, to understand um, until we have somebody who kind of breaks it down for us and says, look, this part of it is history, this part like the Psalms are poetry and praise and worship. Um, uh, and then you have the, the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that uh, give us the events of the life of Jesus of Nazareth. And then you have the New Testament theology about how to live that Christian life. So certainly the, the three primary activities, I think, of any, anyone new to faith would be Bible study, um, prayer, and connecting to a faith community. You know, become a member of a faith community, join a church, join a congregation. Don't wait until you find the perfect church because there is no perfect church. <laughs> I hate to break that news, but there is no perfect faith community, but there's a lot of very good ones out there, and obviously I believe Rocky River Methodist is one of those. So through Bible study, through prayer, and through worship and connection to a faith community, those I think are three primary fundamental ways to um, help us move forward in a, in a faith journey, especially if we're kind of new to faith. Yeah, that's really good. And that kind of, again, um, leads up to another question, like uh, you mentioned, getting involved in a church, getting involved in a community. Um, what advice would you give someone who's looking to get involved in a church? Like what um, insider advice would you give to someone who's new to how, how can they get involved in the community here at the church? There are, are plenty of opportunities to get involved. Rocky River Methodist offers um, a lot of opportunities to get involved even during a pandemic situation. Um, and so sit down and look and, and see what you're uh, what areas uh, you have talent, what your interests are. Maybe your interests are in, in teaching and study, or maybe they're in something like youth ministries, or maybe they're in something like um, uh, the, the classic car cruises or the motorcycle ministry or something like that. There, there are a lot of offerings and a lot of opportunities. Um, so... Um, roll up your sleeves, get involved. Uh, maybe one of the armed forces or something that has a slogan of lead, follow, or get out of the way. So <laughs> if you're, when you get involved in a, in a ministry of the church, um, either you know, bring your leadership skills to that or start first by following, just connecting with that ministry, follow, and, um, and, and maybe then move into a position of leadership. Um, and if it's not your cup of tea, then get out of the way. You know, <laughs> leave it for others. But be involved, be engaged, make the commitments. I know many people have busy lives. Most of us have very busy, demanding lives. I, as a single man, maybe um, have greater freedom with my time than somebody who's than a man who's married with children or grandchildren. And those responsibilities are very real, and I'm not saying sell short your family responsibilities, but whatever time you have uh, or can make in your life and integrate into your life for engagement with your with your church, with your faith community, uh, do it. I I don't I know you won't be disappointed. You'll learn from it. You'll grow from it. You'll find yourself being a blessing to others and then being a blessing to you. So uh, Michael is uh, incredibly gifted as a teacher, and 
uh, speaking of, of leadership roles in the church, he, he mentioned in, in passing, and it deserves a great deal more uh, time and, and attention uh, than we've allowed it today, but he's uh, one of the uh, facilitators and teachers of our Disciple One class, which um, just a, a quick uh, plug from myself uh, that I don't think there's a, a more important class um, or just engagement opportunity in the church than Disciple One uh, for those who haven't taken it. And it's an investment. It's a time investment. Uh, but uh, uh, for those who are looking to grow their faith, as, as Michael laid out, the three most important elements, and I, I would uh, back up uh, each of those 100%, um, perhaps uh, right at the core of those three, not more or less important, but um, central to the whole thing is is reading the scriptures and engaging in, in uh, God's word. And, and Disciple One uh, is uh, a very <laughs> incredibly powerful uh, experience for those who maybe are new to the Word of God or um, just trying to take their knowledge to another level. Michael's a, a teacher in Disciple One and uh, uses his gifts of uh, teaching. And I say all of that uh, partially to steal a few minutes to plug Disciple One, but also to lead into our next question. And <laughs> Well, you know, Pastor Paul, in one of the Disciple One classes, there were people in that class um, who were in their 30s, mm -hmm. and there were people in their 90s in Disciple One class. Absolutely. And they all said, you know, I learned something from this class, even the man who was in his 90s. It's not too late to acquire new knowledge. Mm -hmm. It's not too late for God to reveal some new truth to you. Amen. They, they learned uh, from the facilitators. They learned from the, the material, and they learned from one another. Uh, it's really, Disciple One gives you uh, at least two, if not three, all three of those uh, experiences that uh, Michael mentioned being so important when you're seeking to grow in your faith. It gives you the community experience within the context of a Bible study, um, and I think anybody who's taken the class can attest to that. But uh, the, the uh, point that I'm driving at with our next question is, is that I'm excited to hear Michael's answer because I have a great deal of respect for his knowledge of God's Word and how important I know it is to him and, and his faith walk. Uh, so I'm, I'm setting you up uh, big time. Don't let us down. We want to know, Michael, what your favorite Bible verse or passage uh, is and, and why. Why would you choose that one? Well, there's tens of thousands of verses in the Bible. It's it's so hard to identify just one or two. But Galatians 2.20, which um, Paul, the Apostle Paul, in his letter to the church at Galatia, uh, it's one of the verses that we have used as our as a foundational verse here at church. And Paul says, <clears throat> Paul says, I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So Paul was saying that, yes, he is alive, his body has not died, but in a spiritual sense, he has been crucified, and that he, Paul, the old man, no longer lives, but Christ lives in him and through him, and the life that he now lives in the body, um, he lives by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So in, in just that one verse, that helps me keep my own life in perspective and helps me make decisions about my life when some issue comes up where I don't know what way to go. And I say, all right, Michael, you have several choices here. Is it going to be the choice that you know, that the Michael Perry wants to 
pursue and follow, or is it going to be um, the choice that that Christ would would choose if He were here in, in my life, living my life? And so I, I want to be that. I want to be an empty vessel um, through which God can channel His faith, love, mercy, and grace to the world. Um, that's what we're we're called to be. And hopefully, the the longer that I am on this journey of faith, um, the more the people see of Christ in me and the less they see of me, Michael Perry. There's nothing, in my opinion, extraordinary about that. But if I can be um, a channel of God's grace to the world in this time and this place, this is what I have to work with. I wasn't here 200 years ago. I'm not going to be here 200 years from now. Um, I have today. I have here and now. And so as much as I can, I want to live that life that, that testifies to having been crucified with Christ so that I no longer live, but Christ lives in Michael Perry. And the life that Michael Perry lives in the flesh, in the body, he lives by faith in the Son of God who loved Michael and gave himself for me. Yes, I, I love that verse. Um, it's perhaps probably one of my favorite verses too. Um, just a fantastic verse of how it illustrates the Christian walk and the Christian faith so intimately um, that that we no longer live, but that Christ lives in us, and that we're empowered by His Spirit. Um, oh, it's yeah, it's definitely one of my favorite verses. I could start preaching on it right now, um, but we're not going to do that because I don't want to keep you guys here forever. So we're going to wrap this up with some really fun rapid-fire questions, and Michael is not... Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> he does not know what these are, um, but they're really simple. So, here we are. Rapid-fire question number one. With unlimited free time, if you had unlimited free time, what would you do? <laughs> uh, I hadn't thought about that in so long. <laughs> I don't know what I would do. I, I'd pursue a new interest, pursue a new hobby, maybe do some creative writing. There you go, creative writing. I like that. Uh, pop or soda? Do you call pop? Do you call it pop or do you call it soda? Uh, pop usually. Pop. Okay. Favorite ice cream flavor? Um, I like peanut butter chocolate quite a lot. Brother chocolate, yeah, that does sound good. Uh, something you always wanted to learn. Mm. I'd like to be able to play the banjo. I All haven't, right. yeah. Oh, I have one, and I just oh. haven't studied it very much. But it is one of those things that I could, I could still do in life. Yeah, that would be good. That would be great. You come up with the choir with your banjo and that <laughs> yeah, praise team we, or we something. We have a good uh, rodeo time there. Sure. <laughs> All right, uh, and the last one. If you had a chance to get a superpower, would you want super strength or the ability to fly? <laughs> Just one of those two? <laughs> yeah. Or I, I guess if you, this is a question you've thought for a long time, you could, you could pick another one. You know, of, of actually of all the, the gifts, the miraculous gifts, I uh, have coveted the gift of healing. I just okay. would love to be able to... Mm -hmm. um, Touch someone and let the the healing power of Jesus Christ right. flow through me. Whether it's physical healing, whether it's you know spiritual healing, mental illness, right. or something like that. Right. Um, I hope that I I can do some of that still. I I don't think I have that gift, but if through what I how I live my life, I bring healing into people's right. lives, right. 
I'd be satisfied with that. That is, that's great. That, um, that's a really, really great answer. Um, and again, that, as a matter of fact, that answer just kind of shows the person who Michael Perry is, someone who's seeking to help others and seeking um, to give his time to, again, like you said, healing people and speaking of Christ. And he's been here volunteering at the church and just, um, just been, has been a really um, great influence here. And, and again, I, I'm just really thankful for, for getting the chance to know him. And I know Paul is as well. And so I, I hope that this interview has been really helpful for those who have been listening. Um, I really hope that it's encouraged your faith and strengthened you. And um, I hope with, with what Michael Perry has shared with us, I hope it's um, something that you can take away from it and, and also encourages all of us to share our stories um, with other people because um, we really believe that Jesus, ma- Jesus Christ makes a difference in our lives. And I know, um, speaking for myself, and I know Michael Perry as well, and Paul, none of us would be in this situation where we are today without Christ in our life um, and what he's done in our lives. Um, and just a reminder for everyone, we have a 8.30 parking lot service, 10 o'clock in person, and uh, 11.30 streaming service, which is also in person as well. Um, and uh, I encourage everyone to check those out. A reminder also as well that children and youth ministries are open. So we have Sunday school uh, for children and youth. Um, so thank you so much for listening, and I'm really excited about our next interview as well. Um, So you want to stay tuned to check that out next week. Thank you.